Welcome to the Living in Alignment podcast. My name is Amy Landry. Through a collage of conversations, here we distill mindful living and timeless wisdom within a modern, everyday context. Thank you for being here. As an astrologer, human design guide, and energy and soul medicine practitioner, Amy Lee works with women to weave their unique soul magic, deeply explore and understand themselves, work from their highest flow state, and learn to live in alignment with their unique energetic signature. So I'm very thrilled and excited to welcome you. Thank you, Amy, for being here. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. As you know, I'm a fellow projector and we love knowledge and we love to learn. But before we dive into human design, uh, I would love to know a little bit more about you and your background and how you've come to land here because this is a pretty unique career path, if you will. Mm, um, Yeah, it's a pretty uh, interesting, I guess, path that I've woven. I started out in business. Um, I studied fashion design, ended up working in, um, yeah, for fashion businesses and ended up falling into like human resources and management type roles and, yeah, just a few years ago, I got to a point where I was like, oh, I've been studying so much. I'm like, I'm a first line in my human design profile. So I'm constantly studying and learning things. And I got to a point where I was like, I'm just going to start studying something for fun, like something that brings me joy and that isn't related to my career. And that was astrology. And then learning astrology ended up leading me to human design as well. So they're both like my two loves that I love to weave together. Um, but yeah, and prior to that though, I, um, I guess lived a pretty normal, you know, early twenties life of doing all the things, studying, going out a lot, probably mistreating my body a little bit. And I ended up, um, finding out I had an autoimmune disease in 2012, which led me to start studying energy and getting interested in like how energetic body works and all of that, which is a huge, huge part of human design. As we understand ourselves so much more intricately through these avenues and, you know, it even comes back to some parallels with, um, you know, my path in yoga and so forth. It's amazing what we can do to nurture ourselves physically and mentally and emotionally and promote healing through energetic work. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so like, that's my other like passion and love is just learning and diving into how we can heal the body, like through our energy, which um, like, I'm just such a big believer in that shifting that making those changes first, you know, and then letting the body catch up to it in the physical. But I think there's, I think there's so much more we need. We're still to learn though. Like there's just so much that we can do in those fields that we're just starting to tap into and recognize and birth so it's exciting exciting time to be doing like this kind of work and be learning these kinds of things yeah absolutely and I think even now too which is incredibly exciting is that science is beginning to validate a lot of energetic work too which is very cool could I ask you um can you give us an overview of human design um I know that there it's gaining in popularity certainly but there are still so many people that have no idea and and also the labels if you will of like projector and manifestor and whatnot can 
be often misconstrued um, if you don't have a context for it. So, yeah, if you could give us an overview of human design and how it came about, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest misconception is I hear people referring to the energy types as personality types. And it's really, it's so much more than that. Human design really shows you how your energy field works and how your energy field can co-create with the universe and with other people. Uh, Human design, it was channeled in the 80s by a man named Ra Uruhu, was off on an island, channeled it in like eight days or something crazy, this whole modality. Um, And it's, it's a sister science to astrology, which is why I like to weave them together because they just go together so beautifully. But it's based on your time of birth and your location of birth same as astrology. Um, And what they do is it takes into account the planetary placements in the sky. But what he's done is, so where in astrology, we look at say like the different zodiac signs, what Ra did was he's layered over the top of that, the 64 hexagrams of the um, I Ching. So there's a different energy there's, and that's what channels um, translates into the gates that translate into your body, that are attached to your energy centers, you know. So it's all kind of, it's really translating the cosmic energy and how that's imprinted into your body at the time that you're born. And then that's the energy that you've got in your field that's consistent and reliable and you can work with. Um, It shows your strengths, you know, and then it also shows areas where you're more vulnerable and more open to the energy and um, conditioning of the world and people around you. Um, but that's what I loved about it because I, I, you know, I'd always loved astrology, like my whole, my whole life I'd been into astrology. And then when I found out I was a projector and when I found out, oh, this is actually how my energy field works, there's not something weird or wrong with me. Like, it's just so empowering, like to know that and so validating. Um, so yeah, that's basically the, the human design. Like if you just think of it as like, it's based on your time of birth. And then it's translating the planetary positions into your energy field, into your body. So it's essentially a little bit more multi-layered, if you will, because of, you. Mm. I guess, Ra'ur, who is pulling in, I guess, the applications and understandings and concepts from different things, not just astrology, but also, as you say, the I Ching and Kabbalah. Yeah, the tree of life. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's weaving together several ancient sort of modalities, which is really, really beautiful. And um, it's also, I really, really love also layering human design with gene keys as well, which is very similar, but you can go into more detail, say if you've got, so in human design, you have certain gates that are activated in your chart and they're where you have sort of strengths and um, consistent access to energy. So you can learn about the gate, but then you can learn about what that gate is in the I Ching and then you can learn about what that gate is in the gene keys as well and just really, really layer it and go really, really deep with each gate. So all of these modalities just go together so beautifully um, that make it like such a empowering tool, you know, to have an understanding of. I really feel like with human design, it's it's for everyone to learn too. Like I don't think it's something that's going to be reserved for a few teachers and readers to do. Like I feel like it's a it's something you need to go on a self journey with and like sit with and explore like what does this gate feel like for me? What does this energy center feel like for me? And how's that playing out in my life? Um yeah, so, but there's five main energy types in human design. Uh, and the way we work out what energy type you are is based on those 
gates in your chart and then if you've got gates that connect to a channel what happens then when you've got a channel that's defined you then have um, you'll have an energy center defined on each end and then based on what energy centers are defined will determine what energy type you are um, so there's five types the first type is manifestors and the names are a little bit like, don't read too much into the names because everyone can manifest. But the manifestors, they're people that are here. They're only about 8% of people. They're, they're the people that are here to really, really, like I think of them as the people that are here to translate down like 5D, you know, ideas into the physical world. They're kind of here to birth, birth new projects, birth new ideas, and then move on. They're not designed to be consistent. They're not designed to just do one thing like forever. They're quite quick moving energy. I really, when I look at um, the, each of the energy types in relation to like a um, element, I feel like manifestors are very like fiery fire element. You know, they're, um, they're designed to initiate, you know, mm. and that's part of their strategy. They initiate and then their strategies to inform. So they really just need to like keep people in the loop, let people know what they're doing. They're sparking they're, ideas and igniting. Yeah, for other people then to come in and, you know, other types can come in and join in or respond to and all of that, but they're like the fire starters. Um, their aura in human design, they talk, we talk about like the aura as well. So their aura is closed though. So that's why informing really helps them, just like letting people know what you're doing. It really helps like their work and their energy and their message to sort of penetrate the other person. Um, so yeah, they're the first type. Um, the second type is generators. So they have a defined sacral center, which our sacral center is our center for life force energy. Um, generators, like I just, I love all the types. I have a lot of my close friends and family that are generators and they're just, they have such beautiful grounded energy. Like they're designed to be more focused generators typically. And they can really, really, when they're doing things that they love and they're passionate about, they can give like sustained energy to that and be like really, really um, like their flow is when they're doing what they love and it looks like hard work, but to them they'll say like, oh, it's not really hard work. I'm just doing what I love. I'm just passionate about it. Our little boy, our little three-year-old boy is a generator. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I find, see, their energy to me feels so earthy um and grounded you know and that's them that's them in their genius when they do what they love the big misconception is though that they're like worker bees or you know something like that because they've got this life force sacral energy that they can generate and it's just so not true i really believe that their, their sacral energy it flicks on and off you know so it'll flick on when they're doing what they love it flicks on when they're lit up when they're doing work that they don't love, it's actually quite energetically depleting for them. So more than for everyone, it's really important, you know, that we find and we commit to doing things that we love, like in our work, in our everyday life. But it's so important for generators because that creates that life force energy within them, which we can all then, you know, we all get the benefit of that because energy is permeable, you know, and all our energy fields work together. Um, and then the third type is manifesting generators who like fundamentally they're generators, but they're, what makes them a little bit different to pure generators is that their energy is a bit quicker moving. These are the people that generally have like 10 projects on the go. They're super multi-passionate, super, you know, um, yeah, they can multitask, you know, and they're designed to be like that. They're not designed to be focused, you know, they're designed to 
explore all their interests. But in the same way as generators, they really need to be doing the work that they love and they really need to find the things that they love because that'll flick on. They have that sacral center as well. So that'll flick on that life force energy so they can go, go, go. And it's the same when they, when they fall into work that doesn't light them up, it's energetically depleting for them as well like it is for everyone but even more so and so yeah the biggest thing for both generators and mangens i say to all my clients like the best thing they can do for the collective and like the best thing they can do like to help you know when they want to be of service is to do more of what they love and get that sacral energy going that can help you know everyone help the world um so yeah, they're both yeah beautiful. I think of so manifesting generators to me, they're like earth and fire. They're kind of a mix between the generator and the manifester. Um, then we have projectors, which is your type, Amy, and which I'm a projector as well. So projectors are, are oh sorry, generators and mangens are about seventy percent of the population. They make up a huge percentage of people, um, whereas projectors are only sort of twenty or so percent. So um, one of the rarer types. Um, projectors have an undefined sacral, so we're a non-energy type. Projectors, we're really here to be the guides and be the people that help direct the energy of other people. We're not necessarily designed to be the people doing all the work. Um, so for projectors, it can be really, really helpful to work in like shorter spurts, making sure you've got plenty of time for rest, self-care, and also study. Like projectors really, really are here to be like continually evolving and continually learning so that they continue, can continually evolve how they help other people and how they help guide other people. Um, uh, with our, with projectors as well, you know, rest is so important. So for me, I don't know if you found this, Amy, but when I have allowed myself more space and time to rest, you know, and not push myself so hard and not being like that real force when I really surrender into flow and looking after myself, it's like I'm always so much more successful in my business than when I'm really forcing and trying to make things happen. It's just not our genius. Totally. I can relate. And it's funny because as you said earlier, it's been so not only validating but relieving like I feel mm. this great sense of weight lifted when I found out I was a projector and it really made me understand why I could not, you know, go hard, so to speak, in work because I have historically tried to behave like a generator because, you know, you're learning, you're deepening, you've got all this uh, wisdom and insight that you want to share and then you almost have this kind of sense of feeling like you need to do it all and mm. can so easily burn out and like I would take a nap every single day if I could that would be the best <laughs> and and not and knowing that I'm a projector and having that validation knowing that that's actually not only okay that's of greater service to me so then I can be of greater service to everybody else in the world yeah, yeah beautiful and that's I've really lent into that this week I've um been napping every day. So this is the first opportunity with a lot of people working from home where you can kind of have a bit more control. So for all the projectors out there, if you can have like a lunchtime siesta, like it's so beneficial. So we're designed to maybe do like three or four hours of work, have a break, do something that replenishes you. And then, I mean, then you could go back and do three or four hours of work if you have to, or three or four hours of like study, something where you're inputting into yourself. 
Um, the big thing with us as projectors too, we can so clearly see what's working and what's not working. Like we're really, and we're really here to see other people, you know, and to relate to other people. And, but what can happen is we see what's not working and we want to share, we want to help, but our energy sometimes isn't received. So that's why our strategy is to wait for the invitation. So really we need to wait until other people either actually invite us in like through words and say, can you help with this? Or if it's an energetic resonance and you feel like, you know, this person values you, you know, this person recognizes you, then that's like a permission slip to sort of give your guidance. But the big thing is like our energy is so precious because we don't have that defined sacral. So there's no point wasting our energy on trying to guide and direct and help people who just aren't ready to receive it. It'll just, it just comes across as unsolicited advice and it just won't land for them either way. So it's one of the hardest things as a projector and I still do it sometimes like I'll just be like, Oh, effort. I'm just going to say this because I, I can see, I can see so clearly, you know, and it doesn't land. And every time I'm like, I know they're not going to receive this, but I'm just going to have to say it. Right now. I can totally relate. I'm trying not to, crack up laughing and it makes me think of all the the memes that are on the projectors invited instagram account yes. like you know yeah. you just have to laugh at yourself i guess yeah and it's an experiment and be easy on yourself and be like i'm not gonna have all this down straight away you know like it and sometimes yeah you just have to do it either way like do what feels good sometimes you know but go in if you go into it knowing that they're probably not going to receive this but i'm just going to say it anyway rather than getting bitter because they don't receive it or they don't listen to what you're saying. You know, that's our emotional theme for projectors. Our theme is bitterness, you know, and that's what happens when we share and it's not um, valued or recognised. Yeah. Uh, and then the fifth type is reflectors. So reflectors, they're our lunar beings. So what makes them reflectors is that all their energy centres are undefined. So they're just super receptive. They're super empathic. Like they really are here to feel um, what, feel the other person, feel what's going on collectively. They're the evaluators of our world. So I know reflectors like personally in my life who are just the wisest, like soulful, caring people. And then I've also come into contact with reflectors who I've done sessions with who it can be quite ungrounding and unstabilizing when you don't understand that that's how your energy works and that everything that's passing through your field may not actually be yours. Um, so yeah, they're really here to like learn other people. And if you've got if you're in a team and you've got a reflector in your team or in your family, if you've got a reflector, like their environment is so important. So if they're feeling overwhelmed or you, you feel like they're really ungrounded, like check in that their environment feels good to them, check in what's going on around them, how the people around them feeling, because they're just taking it all in all the time. And their strategies to wait a lunar cycle. So they really need to, this is only for big decisions. Like you don't, they don't have to wait you know, to go out for coffee with a friend or something. But if it's a big decision, like, should I move? Should I do this? Ideally, they want to wait a full lunar cycle so they can experience the moon in every single gate um, before coming to like their most aligned decision. It's like they need to see it from all different angles before they can know the way to move forward. And their reflect, uh, reflectors are about 2% of the population. Yeah. So very yeah. rare. Very rare, very rare. So, um, yeah, but they're, yeah, all the types are beautiful. I think of reflectors as like more a water element. Sorry, and I think mm. of projectors as 
more like an air element. Um, but that's just my interpretation of how the energy feels. I, I would agree with that actually. And um, my husband's a reflector actually. Oh. So, which has been really interesting to learn about and to understand and of course as projectors we tend to try to understand everybody else before we really understand ourselves deeply so I'm I'm I've tried to kind of pull back a little bit on that but I think it's more coming from coming from the standpoint of uh understanding him helps us understand each other in relationship and then also you know put a generator child into the mix you've got two parents that really thrive on alone time and rest and downtime with a generator so it's it's felt really really valuable to understand how we all work and operate on an individual level so we can create more harmony between the three of us living together um and he he's not mm, generally into things unless it's like really heavily science-based you know but uh as soon as I shared with him what a reflector is and he was just listening to me read about it he was like yeah that's me and again he felt so recognized and so seen and therefore he's been exceptionally receptive to it um and the idea of waiting that lunar cycle has been I think incredibly helpful for him for sure yeah it's just validating, isn't it, to know, like, I don't have to make split decisions. I don't have to know the right way forward straight away. Like, it's safe for me to take my time, like, for a reflector. But for all the energy types, because yeah. the more you understand, the more you have clarity on how to operate in the world and and make decisions and and take how to take space and, and how to practice self-care and whatnot. Um, so besides energy type, what are the main things that we really need to know and implement? Because I know that human design goes quite deep into environments and cognition and, you know, all that kind of complexity, which is irrelevant if you don't have some just basic foundations and you are living and embodying that. So can you speak to anything beyond the energy types that you think is really invaluable? Yeah, so absolutely getting a, a good foundation knowledge in your energy type and how that works. And with that would be your strategy. What's your strategy for the energy type? Then the next thing to explore would be your authority. How are you designed to make decisions? And really like this is an experiment. So I would really say like pick, pick these few elements and just sit with them and explore them for a while and then just dive into the next thing as you feel called. Uh, the next thing would be the profile. So there's 12 profiles as well, which they're more related to personality and how rather than how your energy field works, they're more like how, how do you behave, act. Um, so you, but your profile can be really, really, a really, really powerful tool to know, like, are you someone here who needs a really, really strong foundation in life and knowledge? Or are you someone here who needs to experiment and make mistakes? And that's like part of your genius you know, or are you someone who's more here to connect, be a connector, be a networker, help, you know, do that. So yeah, those would be the key elements I would say to begin with. And then I love to invite people to um, explore one energy center at a time, particularly your undefined center. So if you're someone who has an undefined heart center, like sit with that, look at the not self of that, you know, which is feeling unworthy, feeling undervalued, overgiving, feeling like you need to make promises in the moment and like sit with that for a month. If you have to, like, how is this playing out in my life? 
you know, and then go through it slowly. It's a journey. So you like have, I definitely recommend people to have readings, but I really, really, really feel like you then need to sit with it and reflect on it. Mm. A couple of things just to clarify. So the centers, uh, obviously they can be defined or undefined, but they are based on the chakra system. Is that correct? Yeah. Look, he says they're based on the chakra system. I'm not sure because I've been learning. So in energy and soul medicine, we work with a modality called soul centers, which are rather than so energy centers circulate like chi in the body. Soul centers are portals for the soul to come into the body. So I, I feel like he called them chakras because he didn't have any other reference for what it could be. And because there's going to be more as well. So he talks about, so there's seven chakras, but there's actually nine energy centers in the body. And he sort of channeled that we'd develop a few more over the next few years. Um, so I don't know if he was tapping into something else, but he says chakras. Um, yeah, but there's to, more. To put some language around it, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of have different meanings to the chakras as well. So um, like the heart space is actually split into two in human design. You've got the G center, which is like the seat of the soul, where they say that's where the soul enters the body, which that's what made me think, oh, this sounds like a soul center as well. Like what's he tapping into here? Um, and then you've got the heart center, but the heart center actually rules like ego, willpower, material desires, whereas the G center is love identity direction so it's slightly different if you've got an understanding of the chakra system you'll understand like the centers moving down your body um the other thing to be aware of is the spleen center which they talk about as the intuitive center it's not actually an energy center it's just an awareness center so it's not a center that circulates any chi or energy in the body so it's a little bit different again as well it's based on the immune system which is all through the body so yeah, I'm still sitting with it and navigating and exploring, you know, everything that how I make sense of what he's channeled. Um, That's mm. so fascinating. And um, in addition, another clarification for you. So when we're speaking of the profile and as an example, mine is three, five, as you know, yeah. is the first number uh, our more conscious personality and the second number is more the unconscious? Um, yes. State? Yeah. Yep, that's it. So they say the conscious personality side or there's the unconscious um, design side. So they're both really important. The first line, like typically you're more aware of that part of your personality. So for you as a 3-5, you're probably more aware of the needing to experiment, needing to do trial and error, you know, doing, needing to experience like a lot in life and show your humanity. Whereas the fifth, the five line, the leadership side, you're possibly less aware of because it's your unconscious side. But it's something... Your unconscious side, though, is something that other people typically see in you so clearly as well, you know, so people would see like the leader in you really clearly. That's just made me think now, and I can confirm with you, since you've got your wisdom in astrology, uh, that sounds really similar to the difference between like a sun sign and a rising sign in Western astrology. You know, sun sign is kind of the main personality and, you know, but I find is it correct in saying your rising is sort of more how other people in your wider circle might see you? Yeah, possibly. In a, so in astrology, your rising's like your, it's like, well, in traditional astrology, they talk about it being like the clothes that you wear. So it's sort of like how you, how the world sees you, but it's not really your, who you are at the core, your sun's like your essential self or your moon's your essential self if you're born in the night. Um, in soul-based astrology, though, they talk about the rising sign being more in alignment with your soul energy as well. So 
again, different modalities kind of say different things, but with your profile, so the conscious side is based on your conscious sun and the unconscious side is based on your unconscious sun. So it's, it depends on where your sun placement is in your, in the wheel. It could very much be in alignment with your rising sign, or it could be, you know, it's taken. So the unconscious side of you is 88 days, about three months calculated three months before your conscious side. So that's how they get that. So it'll be sort of three ish signs back. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. It's also fascinating. So layered. Yes, it is. And, you know, and even when I, I grew up loving Western astrology, um, my auntie bought me, uh, the classic Linda Goodman sun signs book. Like it's a 19, I think it's like a 1979 copy, you know, and I was born in the early eighties. So I was given that probably earlier than really anyone would read that. And I, when I was a kid, I was not even really a reader, but I devoured that book and I still have it. It's all yellow and musty. Um, and you know, and I found it so fascinating, but then with my path now in yoga and Ayurveda, I've always found Jyotish really interesting, which is the Vedic astrology. Um, and interestingly, my sun sign in Vedic astrology is the same as my rising sign in Western astrology. So I'm finding these dots are connecting between all of these systems. And then in Ayurveda, when you were talking about the elements, which you really feel reflect the different energy types, that makes so much sense. So I'm a projector, but I also have a lot of Vata in me and the air element. And so, um, you know, my husband has got a lot of Kapha in him, which is earth and water, and he's a reflector. So this is why I just cannot stop being so hungry about all this stuff, because it makes so much sense you know it feels so good yeah Uh, so speaking of books actually um is there a book that has put you on this trajectory whether it's an astrology or human design related or perhaps indirectly related yeah um it wouldn't uh there's definitely been a few I would say to begin with, like I, I've always just picked up like astrology books like over the years, but there wasn't really one that like set me off. I would say it was actually Eckhart Tolle's books that I feel really, really were a big shift for me back in like, yeah, 2012 around where I had all this healing stuff coming up, um, A New Earth in particular. Um, and then I read so many books that it's hard to pick just one, but I would definitely say his book. I can books. relate. Yeah. And then also Conversations with God was a really, it was one that re- I really, really like took time with and reflected on. I can remember that being like quite a big book for me, to, not big in that it took long, but like a pivotal book for me to read at the time. Um yeah, so that they would probably they would be it. But and again, like even with astrology, it's always more been about like the energy for me. Like, how does this energy play out? So that's why I think I resonate with teachers um, like that. Mm. Can I ask yeah. you with Eckhart Tolle's books? Which mm. did you read A New Earth before The Power of Now? Mm, I did. Yeah, that's, this is really interesting because everyone I've ever spoken to, if they read A New Earth first that was their preferred book of the two. And if they read The Power of Now first, that was the game-changing book for them, which is how it was for me. So I read The Power of Now and then I read A New Earth and The Power of Now was like so potent and, as you say, very, very pivotal in my life. Um, But, you know, they're both amazing, of course. 
Um, but are you reading anything right now? Yeah, I'm really into Donny Epstein at the moment. He's a energy, you know, master. He created a modality called Network Spinal Analysis. So I'm reading his book, The 12 Stages of Healing, which is amazing. But I'm always, again, I'm some projector, first line. I also have an open heart. So I'm always reading like 10 books at once. So I'm also reading like an Edgar Casey book. I love his work as well. So he was a medical intuitive from like the early 1920s. And um, so I'm reading one of his books about healing. Uh, what am I? Yeah, they're probably the main two at the moment, but there's like seven next to my bed that I'll pick up at different times. Yeah, that sounds like a bit, a bit like my life too. Yeah. <laughs> We're so guilty, us projectors. We're so greedy for knowledge. Um, So I'd love to know personally, um, what does in your life, what does ritual and self-care look like? And, you know, this may be a real reflection of you being a projector, but certainly relevant, you know, to anybody. I'm really leaning into self-care so much more now. Like it's all, it's been a big thing for me for a few years, but um, I feel like now I've really, really got the time to like honor that as a projector. I'm also really, in, really leaning into though in my design, my inconsistency, you know, for years and years and years, I've forced myself, I've had to going into like a workplace and having a career to be quite structured and organized. And my genius is actually in being inconsistent. My son's in my conscious son in my human design is in the gate of extremes which is really all about like no consistency. So for me, it's like letting myself wake up. And even though I have certain rituals that I do every day, I don't do them at certain times. I have no like, yeah, no structure to it anymore. But I'm quite new to doing this. It's only been over the last few months that I've been able to do this. Um, I have a, I say the thing I would do every day that really, really brings me home to myself and that sort of grounds me and anchors me into my day is my embodiment practice. That's been huge for me, like really, really learning to anchor my energy into my body, really let myself like feel my emotions through my body. So that's become like a bit of a ritual. Like I'll put on a candle, I'll put on some music and I'll just move and do whatever I need to, to move through whatever's coming up for the day. Um, so you've basically, you've got a permission slip to do what you need when you just feel like you organically need to do it, Yeah, which is kind of human design, really, that permission yeah, slip. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just going with the flow every day and feeling what, what do I want to explore today? Obviously around like client sessions and the stuff, the commitments that I have, but really letting myself be intuitive about what I need to fill that space with. And like I've had days this week where I've, spent like a lot of the day like sitting and doing breath work and meditating because that's what I needed that day and then I'll have another day where I've spent a lot of time reading because that's what I've needed that day so yeah really surrendering to flow and being unstructured feeling Mm. really good for me but that's my design whereas for other people the structure is really grounding you know for them yeah certainly because society I think really reflects that there is supposed to be some kind of structure and consistency and perfect routine and morning routine and evening routine and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, I was hooked on that. And I do see the, uh, mm, the benefits in being consistent and regular with all these sorts of things and particularly being a mum and having that rhythm in our home. Uh, but there's elements of my chart that I've started to dive into. And I remember reading recently in one of the books I have, there was an indication that again, for me, 
consistency actually is not necessarily going to be great and maybe showing up consistently, but it's not the same thing every day. It's not like I have to do A, B, C, D in one order exactly the same at the same time every day. So being consistent in taking care of myself, but that's going to look different and be ever changing. And it's so nice to be, it sounds so silly, but to be granted that permission like from a book, from a system. Yeah. I know. It's crazy how much, because I did the morning routines thing for so long and it just, ne- it never felt that good for me though. But yeah, that's the beautiful thing about learning your design. It's a huge permission slip to just do what you already probably intuitively knew, you know. But this time you don't have to feel guilty about it. No. Yeah. And you can allow it to be something that up levels your, your mentality your mindset and your your level of health and your level of well-being like across Mm. the board which is really really beautiful and really special is there a a really um, significant teacher or mentor or influence um, a person in your life maybe in the past or even right now in the present for you that's really um, yeah just shaping who you are and directing you yeah so I would definitely say my teacher, Melissa Sandon, I was studying at Soul Medicine Academy for 18 months. So she was a huge, huge influence on me in regards to energy and soul medicine, but coming back into my body and like learning to really, really trust like my bodily intuition. I'd spent so many years exploring quite like light cosmic based intuition that to come back to the body was like a huge awakening. So She's been massive in my life. Um, And then I'd say my grandma. My grandma is like the person in my family and in my life who gets what I do, who understands it. So she introduced me to Edgar Cayce. She introduced me to like a lot of um, like Bruce, Bruce Lipton, like a lot of those books, energy, all of that stuff. So she's kind of been like my personal mentor. And, and again, someone encouraging me like someone like when when everyone else doesn't understand what you're doing having someone like encouraging you to say like keep going no 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 keep exploring healing keep exploring all of these things you know is just so um so beautiful to have someone in your corner like that and not just not just the people who are encouraging but they don't really get it you know (laughs) like that woo woo stuff you do (laughs) it's so special though I my nana passed away a number of years ago, but I felt a really strong connection with her and I felt very understood by her when I didn't feel understood by everybody around me. And that connection, not only with someone like that, but, uh, you know, our grandparents, our elders feels Mm. exceptionally special and so treasured. So I wanted to ask you just bumping back into human design a little here would you mind touching on the not self, the concept of the not self? And I ask you that because as you've spoken today and I'm, you know, and the conversation has unraveled, I've been thinking how understanding the not self has been an incredible teacher uh, for me because it's a real highlight as to when I'm out of alignment. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. The not self really shows us when, yeah, we're operating out of alignment where we're operating out of conditioning is a big thing. So in human design, we talk about the not self and the true self. So, and your human design can show you different either emotional patterns or 
just behavioral patterns that can help be a like guidepost for you to know when they come up, oh, this is my not self, my true self feels innately powerful and worthy. And I know I'm valuable just as I am, but my not self, because I have an open heart, is me making promises in the moment to people because I want to people please, or I feel like if I overgive, that will give me a sense of worth or value. Or, you know, um, in regards to, it depends on what open centers you have as well to the conditioning. I also feel the not self can play out in your defined centers. If you've had massive amounts of like trauma or conditioning or stuff going on in that area, that energy center as well. So, um, just for me personally, I have a defined G center, which is our identity and ego, but I feel I had an incredible amount of not self behavior coming through because I was really out of alignment in that center. Um, so, but diving into your undefined centers is kind of the first step. And then just thinking of it like, we're all human. Like, it's not like we can read that this is our not self and then automatically switch it off. It's like the behaviors will still come up but use them as a guidepost and use them as a reference and to bring your awareness to, oh, okay, that's not actually my true self. My true self is this, you know, this is how I'm designed to feel, but I'm, I'm playing out my not self due to conditioning or due to the energy of the people around me that I'm picking up and magnifying. So there's a not self that's really associated with each of the centers as well as the not self that's associated to the energy types. Yeah. So each energy type has it, then each center has quite a few. So it depends on like the conditioning, um, you know, so say if you've got like an undefined spleen, then the beauty and each energy center, even though it has a not self as well, if you have an undefined energy center, there's also a really beautiful like wisdom and learning that you're here to, to get through that as well. So the undefined centers, they're not like these bad things where they'll just show you your shadow behaviors. They're really beautiful ways. And I know a lot of people who learn to use it as like a gift. Um, but say if you've got an undefined spleen, you know, the not self of that is not having any sense of awareness around your own well-being holding on to things that you know aren't good for you, you know, whereas the true, the true self of that is knowing when to let go. Like it's safe for me to let go of that thing that, or that relationship or that way of being that's not serving me. Um, but the not self-conditioning might be wanting to hang on to it because with the undefined spleen, things that relate to our own well-being are a little bit veiled. It's like we can't fully see it. Whereas people who have an undefined spleen, you're incredibly intuitive about the well-being of other people, just not as much about yourself. So yeah, each center has various and it's, and for each person, it's just like each gate, it'll all play out a little bit differently based on the specific conditioning that you've had based on the people that you're around based on your environment. I see. I haven't really dug into that element of the centers, which obviously I need to, but uh, when I have, at, at the very least, at the very base level, understood the not-self theme of being a projector, which is bitterness, but also in communication with my husband, being a reflector and his disappointment, it's really nice for us to almost call each other on it when we recognize that, you know, when I can see that he's in a state of disappointment. And now it's like so much uh, quicker to, because we're conscious of it, overcome that state because I can say to him, hey, you're in your not self. Like literally I can say that to him and he'll go, oh yeah, okay. And then you can reframe how you're perceiving the situation and circumstance. So I guess it's the same with the centers. Um, 
but it's a matter of, I guess, be, becoming aware of your conditioned responses, particularly if that center is undefined. Am I understanding that right? Yeah, that's it. And that's why it can be helpful to sit with a center, you know, for a month or so or however long and really witness how the not self is playing out for you in that center. And they're not like, really, it's a guidepost so that you know, okay, I'm feeling, I'm in my not self energy, like I'm a projector, I'm feeling bitter. What does this mean? Like, and and reflect on how you got to that point of being in that emotional state or, or, or displaying that behavior. Like, did I try to push information on someone did I feel, have attachment to the outcome of that information I shared? You know, am I not practicing? You know, because for, for a projector, if you can practice, even if you're going to share, like I was talking about before, even if you're going to share unsolicited advice, you need to be detached from the outcome so you don't feel that bitterness. Um, so, yeah, use it as like a guidepost and a beacon for like, oh, something about the way I entered this situation wasn't in alignment or something about my behavior wasn't in alignment. And then with your true self, so for a projector, you're designed to feel successful, you know, and for a reflector, they're designed to feel surprised. That's your true self. That's like your, so it's the same way. Use that as a guidepost. So every time you're feeling, oh, I feel really like deeply successful today or I'm feeling that surprise. What did I do, you know, to get to this point, you know, and reflect on like your behavior and how you acted around that because that's your, yeah, it's like your, your guidepost for being in alignment versus your guidepost for being out of alignment. Yes. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so speaking of which, what does life living in alignment look like to you or feel like to you? Yeah. So at the moment, feeling a sense of freedom. You know, that feels, that's really important, needing spaciousness in my day. Um, and yeah, really, really diving into all the different like layered elements of who I am, you know, so not just that I'm a projector, like really, really acknowledging all the beautiful parts that, that I am and, and acknowledging all the parts that I've maybe tried to shut down or like deny throughout my life because I thought I shouldn't act or behave like that. So really, really being like authentically me. Um and feeling good in my body is what I'm really, really working towards. Like the more I'm leaning into like, again, so for each human design, you can also look at your, how to eat, how you best digest, all of that. So I'm really, really leaning into that at the moment. Health is like my next big journey that I'm, I'm still exploring. Um, so, yeah, I feel like for me, alignment's flow and freedom and unstructuredness and um, having time to be creative when the inspiration's there and giving myself permission to rest and replenish when the inspiration's not there, not trying to force myself to create when it's not there. Yeah. And what would be your favourite sound? Uh, I'm really big on sound. I always have like music or something going um, but I would say it's the ocean. I really, really thrive when I'm near the water. Um, so going and sitting at the ocean and I find if I'm feeling a bit creatively blocked, if I go sit near the ocean for an hour and just sort of meditate and just be still, it all floods in for me and I get that kind of spark back. So mm, I, I think water is just so therapeutic. Yeah. Even, even standing in a shower, I get really creative ideas in the shower. Yeah. Mm. and what would you say do well do you have a daily non-negotiable uh 
Uh, I do, but again, super unstructured with it, but it would be my embodiment practice or, or taking some time just every day to sit and breathe and just connect with my body. That's really, really it for me at the moment. And, you know, some days that might be like a restorative yoga practice even, you know, but just doing something where I stop um, would definitely be it. And, and also like um, drinking lots of water. <laughs> it's my daily non-negotiables. I've always got like a massive, massive drink bottle with me. Yes, me too. I would love you to share with everybody how they can work with you. And really, if you can just explain what it is that you do with your clients. Yeah, so I kind of, um, well, I work with um, clients in two capacities. So I work with people around energy alignment, understanding their energy and how to, you know, work in flow and ease and grace. But I also work with people in their businesses. So I do business mentoring. Um, and I help people understand also weaving in human design and astrology, but I use that as like an entry sort of gateway into doing more soul um, business energetics. So learning to connect with your soul energy, because it's so different for all of us learning to connect with the energy of your business and sort of create in the energetic world, you know, which then translates down into world so that's where my focus is now I do still occasionally do like one-off readings um, but you know a reading's really beautiful but I feel like I'm here to help people integrate as well you know rather than just provide information and have you got anything new and exciting coming up in the pipeline at all yeah, I do actually. I'm birthing a course. It's been sort of with me for a while and I think it, I think I'll birth it in the next couple of weeks um, that teaches people sort of one part of what I do with my business clients is teaching them how to work with the energy cycles they're experiencing. So I'm channeling that into a course, you know, how to work with the moon specifically in relation to like your chart and how to work with the days of the week specific to your chart because there's a lot, of, a lot of information out there around human design and astrology. It's quite general you know because obviously it's so layered and you can go so deep based on your own chart so that's what I'm hoping to help people do a little bit more through a course um, and I'm going to launch as well in the next few weeks my next round in my business coaching so um, that's exciting excited yeah, to take very on cool. it yeah excellent is there anything else that you are deeply diving to on into on a personal level right now like what are you learning about what are you loving mm, definitely like health and the body but healing on like an energy level um so I'm a type 1 diabetic and so it's been such a journey for me learning to navigate you know like this is the information you're told but I've always been able to recognize well you know, it's not just food that has an impact on my body. It's my emotional state. It's the energy I'm showing up with every day. And I can see it so clearly in my blood sugar levels. Like I just every day have this like validation of, no, there's something more going on. So that's my big, I think this will be like a lifelong journey, but that's why I'm reading all the 12 stages of healing and, and all of that. Mm. find it so intriguing. And also Gene Keys as well. I'm actually... That's the other book I'm reading and that's the book I'm listening to as well, which is very, very complimentary for human design. So I'm just letting myself read and listen to like one gene key and I'll listen to it over and over again over like a week because that's how I learn is audio. I'm an audio learner, you know, so I'm really diving into that. I find it fascinating because it really, gene keys is really like the yin 
to the yang of human design, you know, and it can just help you go like that extra layer and really see like, well, what's Gene Key shows you, what's the gift, what's the um, shadow, what's the city of each gate in my chart. So it's just another layer. To- so Gene Keys though is still under the human design umbrella? No, it's a separate modality. So they don't look so much as the, it doesn't translate it to the energy centers in your body. It's not really looking at your energy field, but it can show you there's different, I'm very new to it. So I'm only, I'm probably not going to explain this in the best way, but there's different sequences you can look at. So I've been looking at what's called my activation sequence, which is just like your true self. They've got like a Venus sequence, which is your prosperity. And it, it basically looks at certain gates in your human design but in the wheel of the astrological um, chart. And then you can see what your gifts are, what shadows might be playing out. I've just found it really complimentary just to like read about like my son, what's my son's gate 15. So reading about the 15th jinky and it just gives a whole other level of information. Okay. That sounds so fascinating. And you know mm-hmm. that I'm not going to go down that wormhole now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so where can we send people? How can people find you? Yeah, I'm mostly on, you know, Instagram. So my Instagram's amylee.co. Um, I also have a website, but Instagram's where most of what's going on. So, yeah. I love your Instagram account. It's so beautiful. And I just, Thanks. it's visually so beautiful. Um, but I love how you're uh, fusing, you know, astrology and human design together in such a accessible way and um yeah i love seeing your updates oh thank you so much thank you such a joy i find instagram like i just really enjoy it now as a platform and just sharing and it's just such a beautiful it's such a beautiful tool for projectors too to just share your information you know so i feel like it was designed for us (laughs) yeah i would agree Well, thank you so much, Amy. I have loved chatting to you. And as a mental projector, you know, I could just talk it out with you all day. Mm -hmm. Uh, But thank you for your time. It's been amazing. Thanks, Amy. Such a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. If this episode was of value to you and your life, please subscribe. And if you can think of someone who would benefit from this dialogue, please do them a favor and send it their way. If you feel called, hop on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. This is the best way to get these conversations into the ears and hearts of our wider community, to those who need it most. You can find me at amyelandry.com or over on Instagram at amyelandry. May we all move a little closer to a life living in alignment.